you know, we've talked a lot about this in between media this season. There's going to be curveballs coming your way. Hate's a strong word. I dislike Kirk Cousins more than probably any other quarterback. And I get a little bit of that rookie-itis, you know? I would have said, I would love some of what you're Even smoking. though I'm straight, I'm still stuck between an interpretation, what it all means. Can I make a difference or something different? My mind in prison, then I saw the vision. Played the field, it's no competition. Found success through the repetition. If it's impossible, stick to the mission. I'm just cruising through on my way to get it. I found myself somewhere in between. Yeah, I found myself somewhere in between. All right, all right, all right. Welcome in, everyone. This is the In Between Fantasy Football Podcast. This is Week 16 coming your way. It's Tuesday, December 21st. If you're joining us live tonight on Tuesday, um, you're likely tuning out of the current Seattle and Rams game as well as the current Washington-Philadelphia game. Um, as week 15 is an endless cycle of fantasy football disappointment. We're here to break it all down for you guys tonight. I'm Seth Wolcock, joined by my normal two co-hosts, Nate Polboat, Scott Reinier. Guys, every week I come and ask you how you're doing. Um, I have a feeling that I know where this is going to go. So, yeah. Um, I'm actually, as far as how bad week 15 has been for pretty much everybody, I had eight teams make the playoffs and four are moving on. So it's not too bad. Um, but what, I mean, I've never seen anything like this week as mm-hmm. far as just the amount, the sheer amount of studs, basically. I mean, I mean not just like, you know, getting a bunch of yards without the touchdown or vice versa, just. Absolute no shows. The bed. Yeah. It was crazy. So well, like, Michael Pittman getting tossed in the first quarter. Yeah. Julio Jones getting hurt after one target. Yeah. I, I mean. Well, and it wasn't just that. I mean, like you had the you had that happen, then you had unfortunately the the injury to Chris Godwin. Yeah. But you had guys playing. That. You had guys playing full games, scoring yeah. oh. three or four points. And Najee Harris five. was a disappointment. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. guys. I mean, we're we're- we're going to talk about it all night. We're going to break it down, see what it means heading into week 16 here. There are some takeaways here. Yes, there is a lot of disappointment, but we are going to get to it. Nate, real quick, you've been playing fantasy football since the 90s. Have you seen anything? like? Can you remember a week like this disappointing? Nope. This is by far the most just horrendous scoring week. When you have teams, you have multiple teams that aren't even putting up 100 points. Yeah. That have been putting the up best, 100. Yeah, no, this has been the best teams in the league. Yeah. Yes, yeah. it's brutal. Guys, we will break it all down. We're going to be breaking it all down as well this week at In Between Media. Um, if you are new to us, what we do is we combine feel good lifestyle with fantasy football advice. Um, if you want to follow the show, the site, everything we have going on over there on Twitter, it's at IBT underscore media. Our handles are below um, at between underscore Seth FF. Nate is at Janate Jack FF. And Scott is at Munder Difflin FF as well. We got to love that FF. Guys, let's go ahead and get some F and C in front and center, um, presented by our friends over at Monkey Knife Fight. Yeah, and if you haven't checked out Monkey Knife Fight, you really should. I mean, especially this time of year, if you've been booted from those season-long playoffs or if you didn't make the season-long playoffs. Oh, yeah. You know, a lot of, a lot of good daily fantasy fun, um, and not just with football. There's a, a bunch of different sports, uh, most of which we cover in between media with NASCAR and golf and UFC fighting. So as you can see, there's a 100%, 100% instant deposit match um, up to $100 in your first deposit. You use the promo code IDT. So that's some free money coming your way. Um, and it's just, a, it's just a great group, and it's a really fun time. So definitely go check it out. Sometimes taking that first step out the door is the hardest thing to do. Give it a chance, you'll be begging for more. I'll save the spot just for you. 
somewhere in between. How about you come to the place to have some fun? Ain't gotta worry about something, not what it means. Come and give me another, cause the night is young. At least I so thought. It's just in breaking news. Front and center. You know, probably the craziest thing, I think, from my point of view, heading into week 16, thinking about the previous week we just faced, is we talked a lot earlier in the season about by NATO. And we talked about how week 14, with all the buys shaking out for some of the studlier teams, like how bad our rosters looked. But we found guys who you could plug and play that week. And there were definitely a couple of those this week. But this was a week you had your studs in, and they just didn't come through for you. And it really shook up. Everything kind of got shaken up from the moment we ended our podcast last week. Wednesday, a slew of COVID-19 designations came in, um, seizing ending injury announcements to TJ Hawkinson, um, as, as well as DeAndre Hopkins as well. So, you know, it, it got really shaken up earlier in the week. And then we come back we, we, and we see it all unfold. Thursday night was a pretty decent game. But Saturday, like you said, Nate, Michael Pittman was a huge disappointment getting ejected. Ramondre Stevenson did not cash in. Both, both the quarterbacks were pretty awful there. Nick Folk, the number one kicker, absolutely an awful game for him. And I mean, I kind of want to run through these like statistical anomalies right now because it really will put it in hopefully in perspective what we just went through. And I want to start off by just saying like, guys, there, there's a chance you had a great team this going into this last weekend. I had teams where I was the number one point scorer, the number one seed, you know, heavily favorited to win the entire league, gone, gone in an instant. And, and I think that's something you guys can obviously relate to as well. Yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. What I, I've been, I've been saying it for about six weeks now, like, and it just, it, it came to a, it came to a, a head this week, I think, but the season really started feeling like, cause my home league, we, um, we still did week 17 championships far past the time we should have switched to week right. 16. So I've been a part of a few week 17 championships, you know, and I've been playing in the week 17s. And especially this week, just it it reminds me of a week 17 when you've got to find scrubs off the, I mean, the, the difference here is that all the starters were actually playing, but they basically scored as if they weren't. So, I mean, what I've been trying to tell people is, you know, you, you lose, you get knocked out of the playoffs after a long, crazy season, and it's frustrating, and you're, at, you're upset. But if you made the playoffs this year, I think that's more of a yeah. feather in your cap. If you lost this week, I mean, it's not because you don't know how to play fantasy football. It's not because you made a bunch of wrong decisions. I mean, it was an unpredictable, just, I don't know, bloodbath. Of, of of poor performances. Uh, that's a good way to put it. It did feel like a bloodbath. <clears throat> when you've got guys that you're expecting in the first week of the playoffs put up these huge totals. Yeah. And it just doesn't like. But then you've got Craig Reynolds and Duke Johnson coming. Duke Johnson's the number one overall running back this week. I, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. I, just here are, the, here are the top four rushing leaders yardage wise this week Craig Reynolds, as Nate mentioned, Deontay Foreman. Jeff Wilson, Duke Johnson. Definitely, you know, that kind of explains what we're talking about here. Um, the, the big stat everyone kind of knows at this point, obviously, is only 40 touchdowns scored on Sunday, the lowest total ever with at least 10 games played in 27 years. So that was insane. Marquez Callaway, he led the he le led the week in receiving yards against the Tampa Bay Bucks, who've been super stout against receivers despite a secondary that's been banged up. Tyler Huntley was the QB one and the overall point score on the week filling in for Lamar Jackson against green Bay of all, all teams. I I'll be honest, guys. I picked up Huntley in multiple leagues. I picked him up in Scott fishbowl this week and I, I benched him. I, I played, I played big Ben over him and in Scott fishbowl, he had 45 points. So it was absolutely insane. Like what we had no idea this was coming season lows for Najee Harris, Joe Mixon, Cordell Patterson, Alvin Kamara, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Deontay Johnson. Tom Brady shut out for the first time in his career since 2006, loses Chris Godwin to an ACL. Mike Evans goes down with a hamstring injury. We've seen that before. And then Lenny Fournette 
trying to carry the team on his back, ends up in a weird position, going for a first down. Um, guys, absolutely brutal. I mean, like those were like at least five or six of the, like, if we were going to have a redraft heading into week 15, like I would take Najee Harris, Joe Mix, and Alvin Kamara all in the first round, probably Jamar Chase as well. Yeah, I mean, the, the screenshots of teams today and the scores, I mean, I just started getting ready for, I started looking at show sheets for the show earlier today, and it spun me down a rabbit hole of looking up just how bad it was this week. And I'm actually going to continue that into the offseason and try and compare it to past seasons and really yeah. see how bad. But this was a tweet I sent out, and I just want to reiterate just to prove the point here. So Michael Burton with the Kansas City Chiefs, you know, everybody knows Michael Burton. Anyway, he scored the first touchdown of Week 15. He had three touches total in the entire game. He scored more PPR points than Saquon Barkley, A.J. Dillon, C.E.H., James Conner, Melvin Gordon, Joe Mixon, Miles Gaskin, Chase Edmonds, Chuba Hubbard, Alvin Kamara, Ramondre Stevenson, Najee Harris, Cordero Patterson, and Devonta Green. Three, <laughs> three touches. So, I mean, that's what, I, that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, I put out my weekly spreadsheet showing, like, defenses versus fantasy points, all that stuff. I don't even know if I want to update it. Yeah. I almost want to, I almost want to look at, like, what it was last week because that seems more realistic than what happened this week. But – Speaking of statistics around things, I mean, you can't ignore one of what I assume has to be part of it is this COVID, the, the COVID outbreaks. I mean, it's not like, well, yeah, yeah, but it's not, it's not necessarily a situation where it's like, oh, these, these quarterbacks and these wide receiver ones have COVID. It's the yeah. sheer volume of people getting it on some teams. Here's a quick little stat. I just looked up. I thought it was interesting on the 19th. So whatever the 19th was ago, two days ago, 100, 128 total players. We're on the COVID list, it's according to the Sporting News uh, COVID tracker. That's if you take the just active rosters of all the teams. That's seven point six percent of the active players. Two days later, it was one hundred ninety-two. That's up to eleven point three percent. A couple days ago, there were like five or six teams with no positives. Now every team has positives. Teams like the Browns and the Washington Football Team have twenty plus. So. I mean, it's just the depth, and I just think you're seeing it in these just – I mean, I looked at the average passing yards across the season you know, in any given week. It was down to like 150 this week. It's just everything. Well, you There's had teams coming running. into the week where they're like, we don't know if we can fill the full yeah. defense. I don't remember yeah. who it was, but there was one team that only had five – cornerbacks available to them for the game the, the, the bears had all their 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 whole starters they're all their starters on in the yeah they had yep so they yeah and so it was the bears so not only do you have offenses that are getting dinged by this stuff but you've got defenses that are getting dinged by it too Which and so like you, you throw that together you would things are going to get weird the offenses would take advantage of of the you know the second second string defenses as we saw Kirk Cousins do in prime time last night good old Kirk uh Nate's favorite quarterback over there My he could not take advantage of it at all Ooh, Justin no. Jefferson you know didn't do very very well at all outside of his one touchdown so no I'm I'm completely That was a guy. weird game that was I such think, a weird game I think now more than ever too like you got to be willing to kind of get risky here towards the end of the season's my takeaway. Mm-hmm. Um, not to, not to like steer us off topic here, but, but Nate, I know you and I had kind of talking about the, the new variant of COVID that's kind of seeping through the U S right now is, do you think that has something to do with the recent outbreak and, and Oh, hundred percent. And should we be concerned the rest of the way you think as well? I don't know. I think it's probably going to run its course. I mean, you're talking about locker rooms full of pretty healthy people, yeah. We're not seeing like any long-term illness. These guys are off and back a week later. Um, no, I don't think so. I think we might have, well, actually for the fantasy season. Yeah, maybe because it's probably going to run through next week too. Yeah. Now, this is going to be a good two to three week run through of this before yeah, things kind of stabilize. Not to steer too far off topic, but I mean, Omicron variant, you know, just in the United States already hit 70% of the cases. Yep. In, you know, in like a week. Wow. So yeah. I think it definitely is what's going on because the problem with Omicron is, is you know, it's a variant. It's a, it's a, it's a mutant. So it's, it's, it's stronger against the vaccines that are out there. Um, so, that, uh, you know, vaccinated and unvaccinated players are getting, are getting positive. 
you know, we're not talking here at all about like, you know, no. we're just saying, we're just saying, you know, the NFL has protocols in place. It's less stringent if you're vaccinated. It's more stringent yeah. if you're not vaccinated. It's 10 yeah. days if you're not. It's positive, negative tests if you are. But my, my issue is when I looked, and to me it was pretty alarming that in two days, the percentage of active players that have tested positive has almost doubled. Yeah. That's not necessarily just going to peak tomorrow. Like, no, we're definitely be not. with this for a few weeks probably. Yeah, so, two to three yeah, definitely. Hockey, NHL is taking a break till after Christmas. I don't know exactly. It's hard because we need to provide actionable advice to people that are going to be heading to their semifinals, right? So follow the COVID lists. Here's here's what yeah. here's what I will say though. <laughs> I will I will say this: if you're going to have someone on a Monday or Sunday night game, have flexibility where you can either pick someone up, have an empty roster spot, or have someone else who would be a handcuff to them. The other thing I I think we should be let our audience know actionable advice here is they did update the COVID guidelines last mm-hmm. week in the NFL. So if you are a vaccinated player, you are not tested daily. Now it is spot testing, which is basically random testing. Um, so there could be less, you know, I, I definitely think if you know a player is vaccinated, like it makes them a safer play, you know, having them on your team. As we saw with Cole Beasley, you know, we've seen this whole dilemma the entire year. And then here it comes down week 16. I've had, I have Cole Beasley on a lot of teams, guys. I'm going to be honest. I I was rolling with him. He's been one of my guys last few years. And um, I was actually going to have to play him this week. I haven't really played him all year, but I was going to have to play him this week in a couple leagues. And I'm like, damn it, Cole Beasley. But I mean, first of all, we we hope for the health of these people. Like I know this is just a game we play, um, but we, we hope, whatever's going around the NFL, they, they can keep it contained, you know, lessen, lessen the impact to the players, their health, their families. Um, but right now, you know, keep in mind the, the update that the, if someone tests tested net positive yesterday, there is a chance they can opt back in too now if they are vaccinated. So keep that in mind. They need two positive tests in a span of 48 hours. So two negative tests. Yes. Two, did yeah. I say positive? Sorry. Yeah. Negative. All right, is there? I kind of want to just like round it out here with: Are there any players that we we named on that list of underperformers that you're really thinking about benching this week, or are you just chalking it to the wind? Yeah, that's chalking the it problem. To the wind, I mean, it's, it's so it's such an anomaly. It seems that many. I mean, I did that thing where you know it showed the top twenty-four quarterbacks, receivers, and running backs, and their average so far this year. And how many of the top 24 were not only under their average, but significantly under their average. Yeah. It was mind-boggling. It was almost every single player. There was so, a good bit of, of wide receivers who were in the top 36, and they were in single-digit PPR scoring, which rarely happens. My, my take is, you know, it's it, we're heading into week 16. It's the semifinals. Like Alvin Kamara, for instance, he had a terrible game. If you, if you have him, you're lucky that you made it through, right? Um, I'm not benching him because of one week. If if I if I play him in week 16 and I lose, then then the season's over and we move on. It's just it there's it was too much this week, I think, to really yeah react to it differently than we normally would. You know what I mean? Like look at the reasons why. But I'm not just I'm not panicking on every single player that underperformed in a way. No, this is a throwaway week. Can't take anything you saw this week with any sort of seriousness yeah. it happened forget about it go back to how you were managing your rosters before things get crazy hit us up <laughs> i yes, mean sir. yes sir yes sir except you can't take that rashad penny actually sucks so well, guys let's try to break down week 16 and what what we can expect heading into this new week um this is semifinals for a lot of leagues um i know we're headed there in a couple of leagues ourselves guys so Let's buckle in for matchup management presented by underdog. Yeah, guys, if you haven't checked out underdog fantasy, it's amazing. They have props, which is one of my favorite things. The pick them prop stacks. You yes, stack sir. up to five. You can toss in some rival matchups as well. Win up to 20 times your money. They've got the daily fantasy sports contest for all the different sports. You can go in on Sunday. It's a 12 man draft. It's you're not trying to pick that one guy that no one else is drafting. You're just drafting a team. It's amazing. If you haven't tried it out, 
Sign up now with the promo code IBT. You'll get a hundred percent deposit match up to one hundred dollars. You guys, that's a hundred dollars in free money to go out and win more money on an awesome platform. Who you got? Matchup management. Who's it gonna be? All right, matchup management, guys. You know how this works. I'm going to give you a player. I'm going to give you their matchup. You tell me on a scale of 1 to 10, are you comfortable starting them? I mean, now more than ever, we kind of said it. You have to get risky. You have to be willing to pivot, especially with COVID-19 protocols and injuries piling up. So, guys, let's start with Ronald Jones. Leonard Fournette, our boy, we've been touting him all season, all off season here at the In Between Fantasy Football Podcast. He might be headed to IR. We, get, we haven't got that confirmed, but there are reports he's at least going to miss this week. I wouldn't be surprised if he misses the rest of the regular season with the Buccaneers positioning. Are you comfortable playing Ronald Jones against Carolina? At one point, Carolina was one of the best, if not the best, um, defense against running backs. They've since fallen off with their entire team. Nate? Uh, I'll say seven. It's Ronald Jones, um, but – we saw flashes of him looking really good last night. Yeah. Which I really liked. And you know what? For Herm's sake, I just really hope he goes off these next couple of weeks. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm going to go to seven. I think I think he'd have a good game against Carolina. Tampa Bay needs him to have a good game. None so, of your boy Gio Bernard either, Nate, out there. So, right. so he's still banged up. I mean, injury. Keyshawn Vaughn. We saw a little bit of Keyshawn Vaughn. A little but, bit, but uh, nothing serious. And they just signed Le'Veon Bell pending yeah. physical. But again, I tweeted earlier. Oh my gosh, Tampa Bay signed Le'Veon yeah. Bell. There's I'm a, so excited. Well, yep. well uh, Le'Veon Bell also. Um, I don't know if you saw this, but he's trying to fight Jake Paul as well. You know, in a couple. Yeah, months. he's been boxing his whole life, so yeah. he's gonna fight Jake Paul. Yeah. Ooh, so I want to uh, fight Jake Paul. No, you don't. I, I will say. I want to keep you around, Nate. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, I think Ronald Jones is going to have a safe floor here. Mm-hmm. He's not a yeah, I mean, pass catcher, but he's going to get the dump off from Brady, especially with no Godwin, possibly no Mike Evans as well. Yeah, for me, I mean, if I have Fab left, it, it's going towards Ronald. If I have Fab left and I'm still in, it's all going to Ronald Jones. I mean, say what you want about Ronald Jones versus Leonard Fournette and how everybody was wrong and blah, blah, blah. But, I mean, it's, it's we're heading to week 16, and he's going to be a starting running back on a really good offense. Um, and you know, maybe he's not catching as many passes, but I mean, I think he can find success and Carolina who's now, yeah, they, they were top five versus running backs, but they're in the, they're in the twenties now. Yeah. Um, And then then championship week, uh, they have the jets. So I'm emptying fab for Ronald Jones. Shout out Hurts. Yes, sir. All right, guys, staying with Tampa Bay here, Tyler Johnson, Brashard Perryman. Tyler Johnson, he's gotten a handful of targets in several games so far this season. Perryman, we saw him catch the long touchdown a few weeks ago. Um, Carolina, another team that started off pretty decent against wide receivers. They've since had some cornerback injuries, um, in, including J.C. Horn, the rookie. So are you guys interested at all What on a, on a scale of 1 to 10 how do you feel about Tyler Johnson or Perriman? If so, who do you prefer? I'm I'm not super interested in either. Um, it's really I for me, it seemed like there was a moment earlier in the season where it really looked like Tyler Johnson was going to get a shot. Um, I think I even started him in a few leagues, and it just it didn't materialize with AB yeah. out. Yeah, yeah, and so um, you know, in Perriman, there was also some talk about him coming in as the as the grizzled veteran. Um, and, you know, and, and, and having a role fantasy wise, but I just, for me, it's too unpredictable between the two for me to, unless I'm in a, in a real pinch for me to put either in my lineup. So I'm like two, three, maybe for both of them. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, I don't love either option. If I gun to my head, have to pick one, I'm going Tyler Johnson just because he's seen more consistent work throughout the season. Yeah. Much higher floor. But I, mean, I Perry- want Tyler Johnson to be good too. So, so. I, yeah, I love yeah. TJ. Oh yeah, yeah I do too. I was when AB got hurt earlier in the season. I was pounding the table 
Tyler Johnson, go get Tyler Johnson. And it didn't really pan out, but I think he's going to see far more opportunities. I mean, Perriman had the one touchdown. That was the only thing that made him relevant in fantasy, even remotely last week. So yeah, I'm like a two to a three, but if I have to pick one, I'm going Tyler Johnson. Is Antonio Brown coming back? What's we don't know that they are accepting him back. Yes, they are accepting him back. He, he but I'm not 100 sure if he will be active this week. But I, I think so. Um, as far are, are you guys like the other concern? I think we need to keep in mind here too is the tight ends. They used a lot of Cameron Brait last week. They used a lot of OJ Howard with without these two stud wide receivers on the field. So I think it does kind of dampen the ceiling a little bit for for either one of the, these receivers. I think. If you need a safe, safer floor, Tyler Johnson's probably a, a, an okay play. Mm-hmm. But I mean, Perriman probably has the higher ceiling. We've just seen him, you know, get big rippers at times. So, um, yeah, not as excited on those two as we are, Ronald Jones. What about any Broncos wide receivers, guys, um, or just Broncos in general here against the Las Vegas Raiders? Javante Williams was the only Bronco to have any decent success last week. Jerry Judy drops a goose egg on people. Um, and at this point, we, we told people weeks ago they could drop Cortland Sutton. They could drop Tim Patrick. Tim Patrick had an okay game, but um, obviously Teddy Bridgewater, he's down now. That was a really scary play on Sunday. Um, yeah, thank God. He's gonna, he looks like he's going to be okay. Um, Nate, any interest in any of your Denver Broncos outside of Jay will So it's obviously going to be Drew Locke this week <clears throat> against the Raiders. Um, I actually don't mind. So two players, I don't mind. I think this is a week where Cortland Sutton could boon because Locke likes the deep ball. He's not altogether accurate, no. but they're game planning. Right. But there, he occasionally he does. And when Sutton's on the field, he seems to be able to find him. We saw that last season. That was one guy when he was, before he tore his ACL, that was doing phenomenal. Um, and I like Albert O. With Drew maybe you're gonna go back they to have, they have the college rapport, they played together, and I think that's a gives a level of comfort to Locke. And don't forget, the Broncos get to game plan with Locke as the quarterback. Last week, he got the times we've seen him this year, he's coming cold. And I'm not saying that Drew Locke is a phenomenal quarterback, but I think he's not that far off from Teddy Bridgewater if they're game planning for him being in. And I think that benefits Alberto, I think it benefits Cortland Sutton. Probably not Noah Fant so much, but then I think Melvin Gordon, if he's playing, is probably a solid play too. Yeah, I think a lot of that offense goes through Williams and Gordon against the Raiders. So, yeah, I I agree. I mean, Devontae Williams, obviously, um, I think you, I think you're required to start him now, right? Yes. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Law. Um, Law. Gordon. I'm still fine with Gordon too. I mean, Vegas is just terrible against the run. So, mm-hmm. and I mean, you do bring up a good point. It's not like Drew Locke is this magical fix, but I can't see the passing volume being less than it's been the last six weeks. Right. I mean, honestly, if, if Bridgewater was still the starter, I, my answer would be flat out. I'm not starting Sutton or Judy. No way. Mm-hmm. Um, but you bring up a good point with uh, with somewhat of an established track record. Somewhat. Um, with Locke, I mean, I just... I think there's more opportunity. I'm still not confident in starting either Sutton or Judy. And do you guys remember that guy, Noah Fant? Remember that guy? Yeah. Yeah. I've been off Fant for a couple of years. People keep trying to make him a thing, and I keep I just, telling people he's not going to be a thing. I'm sure the Broncos with like a Agreed. like a franchise quarterback with those weapons. Oh man. Yeah, I'll I'll pass on the Broncos options honestly. Outside, will I'll play Williams if I have him. If I don't have a better option, I'll play Melvin Gordon as well because he has the floor. I don't know what the ceiling is truly, but yeah, I I think I'm a little too scared still with the receivers. Nate, I, I think if I am playing one of them, it's probably it's t- see because Tim Patrick's a good deep ball good deep ball catcher too. So like right, be, but I would say I play him over Cortland Sutton. Cortland Sutton's been just god off. He had oh no, he's been atrocious, and that's fair. I mean, I guess either way. Yeah, one of those guys is going to get some deep targets from Locke. So yeah, take your pick. They're good DFS plays. Um, yes, maybe maybe our guy Connor and uh, Bo will t- touch on them Sunday morning on the DFS tailgate. Um, moving on, and me. 
Guys, what is your confidence level with Jamar Chase, T. Higgins against Baltimore? I think this is a game that I I, I want to be in on Jamar Chase and T. Higgins against Baltimore. Obviously, I'm definitely firing up Chase even after just tanking a lot of my teams this week. Um, T. Higgins, I think I'm a little a, a little less happy to start him, but Baltimore here um, secondary is absolutely banged up. At corners, safeties down. Um, MVS actually looks really good against them um, for the Packers, <laughs> and for me to say that that absolutely pains me. Absolute pains me to say. So for me, um, this is an example with Piggins and Chase where I'm completely ignoring this week. I'm pretending this week didn't happen and I'm starting both as I would before. Ten. Same. Yeah. Yeah. I'm in a ten for both. I I mean, Chase getting one catch for three yards or whatever it was, that's – if that happens again, then all right. You got me. My season's (laughs) over. But I'm not not benching him. Okay. Um. Duke Johnson versus the New Orleans Saints. Duke Johnson goes for 22 rushing yards. Oh, hold on. We got we got a question in real quick before we get to Duke Johnson. This is from Smokey the Cat Cat on YouTube. Guys, are we dropping Penny? Um, can we play Russell Wilson next week? Pick up Hertz Field, Fields or Huntley? Oh wow. Okay. Um, first of all, what was Rashad? What's Rashad's? Total on the night, Rashad Penny. Last time, I, last time I checked, and it was late in the fourth, he was 11 rushes for 39 yards. DJ, Dall- DJ Dallas had the rushing touchdown. So I'm just going to – I'm not big tree lapping. I just love DJ Dallas. You guys know that. Um, but, I mean, if, if you need to drop Rashad Penny, don't feel like you need to keep him on your roster. I mean, this was yeah. his one shot. He had a good matchup coming into tonight. Um, but if you need a running back play, like he's still – you know, it's just it, it's that type of week. So if you need a running back play, he's still probably going to be a top twenty-four to thirty play heading into next week. Maybe, but I'm not afraid to drop him too at this point. In the no, year. I I'm not afraid to drop him. It it always depends on who you're dropping him for. Yeah, uh, yeah, of course. I mean, am I comfortable starting Penny next week? At this point, no. No. Um, you know he he had he had his big game last week, and if he had had another you know, large percentage of the running back rushes this week. Um, honestly, this week, if he had had, you know, a, a dominant share of the rushes and he didn't necessarily produce a ton of fantasy points, that would have given me confidence starting it, that he's he's the guy, but that is not what happened. So um, so I'm not, I'm not confident starting Penny, but dropping him just depends. So he actually had more carries than DJ Dallas yeah. by three. Well, that's what I mean, though. Like, I, I'm not really interested in Penny in a split in that back. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. What about Russell Wilson here, guys? Do we have a total? Um, do we have a total on Russell Wilson? What he what he ended up putting out tonight? Um, he had five point two four fantasy oh. points. He was seventeen of thirty one for one hundred and fifty six yards. He threw one interception. Oh. And he had basically he had three sacks, so mm-hmm. not That's great. Brutal. All right, well, yeah, not great, Bob. I mean, I I think the thing here, yeah, I would. I mean, I would pick up Tyler Huntley, and or I mean, if Jalen Hurts is out there on your waiver wire, I, I absolutely like look for him. I, I'm not sure the Eagles matchup this week. I know it's a divisional game. I think it's Giants, maybe Giants or Dallas, one of the two. Yeah, they play Giants and then in week 16 and then football team again in week okay. 17. Okay. So oh, I'd be oh, looking to play, play for quarterbacks. Yeah, I'd be yes. looking to play I'd be looking to play um uh Tyler Huntley or if if Huntley's starting or um Jalen Hurts o- over Russell Wilson. Um if you're looking yeah, to clear up a roster, so Cook Pollard, Sony Michelle, Josh yeah, Jacobs, yeah, Ronald yeah, Jones, yeah, yeah, yeah. Drop yeah, him. you can drop him. You yeah. can drop him. Yeah, get another. You can feel forward. good about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah. You're not going to be playing him anytime soon. Those are. Well, yeah, and the other thing about Russell Wilson is we've we've been talking about like, well, some of these you know typical studs head off weeks. Let's not panic. But with Russell Wilson, he hasn't really done a lot. Since he came back from injury, so it's not really the same. I would yeah, no, no Tyler Lockett tonight. Keep that in mind. I don't know where DK was at hundred percent either. Like I'm not totally fading Russell Wilson, but he hasn't been he hasn't been great since coming back. Like I think he's had maybe had two QB one performances, but they've been on the lower side of it for sure, Scott. 
and they get Chicago next week, which is an okay matchup for quarterbacks. Just if you're looking at raw fantasy points given up. Yeah. But like they're a, they're a stingier defense than that raw number tells you. So I don't a think run- it's a fantastic matchup for them. A running back, we might. I don't know if you guys are recommending that any of our listeners tonight pick up this week, but Duke Johnson, he had a big game last week, 22 for 107 and two, and added a reception for 20 yards. Um, now he comes up against New Orleans Saints, really the best rushing defense in the league when you're looking at pure yards per carry average. Um, are you guys interested in Duke Johnson at all moving forward? Obviously, we know Miles Gaskin. Ahmed, they they obviously came into the game off the COVID-19 protocols. So, you know, we don't really know what this is going to look like, but I have to think Miles Gaskin's going to get his job back. Like Duke did okay. I mean, Duke did fine, but that was a great matchup. That was the Jets. Sure. But also, so I wrote about Duke Johnson today and why I would pick him up. I'm not saying he's a guy that you pick up and you're instantly like, I'm starting him as my RB1. But he's a nice pivot with everything going on in the league. And we're still like, we're not done with all this COVID stuff and the weird injuries. He's a nice stash. And the team signed him to the active roster today. So he was just a practice squad guy. They could have sent back down and kept him back on the practice squad. They didn't have to sign him, but they signed him to the active roster for the rest of the season. And this is a team that has now won six straight. And as crazy as it is, they're in playoff contention, guys. The Dolphins have a path where they could make a take a wild card. They could win the division if every yeah. little thing yeah. went right. They could win the division. So they they're in playoff contention. And if they're signing Duke Johnson, I feel like Brian Flores saw something, liked him in that offense, and wants to keep using him. And he'll ride Duke Johnson until the wheels fall off. The wheels might fall off in the first quarter next week. We don't know. I'll be honest, Nick. I think everything you said was very intelligent. I'm just like outside Jalen Waddle. I'm washing my hands with the Dolphins. Like that's fair. I I trusted Tua last week. Of course, he was my my start in my start sitting Seth column. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I I just don't think I can trust these guys. I mean, Miles Gaskin. We need him to show up. You know, we heard nothing going into the week that he was going to have a reduced workload, and then here comes Duke Johnson firing it up. So. I just think it's too risky. Like, I mean, I I see Miles Gaskin and, and Duke kind of the same, like like borderline risky RB threes. And I don't disagree with you, but especially in a, the Saints in a normal yes, and no, the matchups aren't great. But in a normal landscape, I'm like, don't even break, yeah. don't even sign the guy. Yeah. But given what we've seen, if you've got a bench spot and you're wondering who should I stash just in case I'm okay with staffing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not, like I said, he's not a guy I'm firing up next week unless I have to, but it's a nice stash to have. Yeah. I'm just trying to win here. I would agree with all that. I mean, yeah, he's got saints Titans coming up. Not a great matchup either week. Um, There's definitely risk with, I mean, the dolphins don't seem too interested in giving miles Gaskin a lot of touches on a regular basis, but um, some games, some games they want to give them all of them. And well, then the other every games, other, yeah. roughly. It's, yeah, it's kind of like that. But so I mean, I agree. I think he's, I think he's worth putting on your team with the current landscape. And you know, if there are worse options out there for more of a desperation flex, I mean, to expect RB one overall again, that's a little ludicrous. Um, oh yes, that's not going to happen. But yeah, he's just another one of those guys where it's like he has a role. He's on waivers. Um, and so, you know, I, I don't necessarily have a, a, a order that I'm going after people on waivers set yet. I guess I probably should get on that. Um, but he's pretty close after Ronald Jones running backs. Yeah, guys, moving forward here, Kyler Murray, he has struggled as of late. Um, just one game is a QB one in his last four complete games. Um, doesn't have a good week here against Indy. I think it was somewhere between 12 and 13 fancy points for him. It was, it was way worse for most of the entire game. Um, sunk a lot of teams recently, Kyler Murray. Like, this is another one kind of like the Russell Wilson situation. He hasn't been great as of late. Where are you guys on a, a scale of 1 to 10 starting Kyler Murray? He has Indianapolis this week who have done a pretty decent job of shutting QBs down of late. I think I'm like a, like a 6 or a 7 on Kyler Murray. Like, if 
there's other options out there, I'm probably considering it maybe. What other options are you considering over Kyler Murray? I'm going to be on like, okay. Like I think overall I'm, I'm a little concerned. I mean, they just lost the lions. Deandre Hopkins isn't there. So I, overall, like, I just don't, they're in like a weird space. The Cardinals, because a couple weeks ago, I thought they may be the best team in the league. And now they can't seem to find, you know, their right shoe in the morning. So I think I would honestly, like if Lamar Jackson is out, I might consider Tyler Huntley. I'm not kidding. Like that dude is special. Like I would honestly, he's maybe like, if we're talking about guys on the waiver, Tyler Huntley. Um, but like, I man, I don't know. I don't know. Like, I mean, I know you talked about it earlier, Nate, but if Jared Goff gets back versus the land, I probably wouldn't do that one. But like, that's another one you could like, like, honestly, like at this point, Kyler Murray's a high end QB two more than he is a, a locked and loaded QB one. Like he was a couple months ago. Sure. You know, he's, he's another one who, since he came back from injury, but here, I mean, it's weird the way he scored his fantasy points since he came back from the injury. So his first game back, he had 33 fantasy points. Yeah. But that was on 123 passing yards and a couple of rushing touchdowns. Right. The week after that, he had almost 400 yards passing, but no passing touchdowns. So he's, to me, it's I, I view Murray and Dak a little bit similarly in that they just they were pretty lights out the start of the year. No brainer, you're starting them every week. Now, to me, it's not as much of a no brainer. I'm I'm more inclined in that comparison to start Kyler. Like I'll probably end up getting cuter if I'm going to get cute. It's going to be with Dak and as opposed to Kyler. Um, but. It's, it's a tough one for me. Um, I, I have a league where I drafted Kyler, and then in, inexplicably, it's a home league. Somebody, I don't know, six weeks in, dropped Dak. And I was like, yeah. well, I'm going to pick up Dak, too. And I was like, I'm set. And now I'm not. Yeah. How am I not set with Dak and Kyler on my team? Wow. <laughs> so I, it, would be, it would be difficult for me to bench Kyler um, in the semis to be honest. Um, I don't know. I need to look, I need to look a little closer at it. I mean, there's a little bit of recency bias in just whatever that was against Detroit. I mean, yeah. Detroit stomped the Cardinals. Like what? Um, so, but you know, I mean, the quarterbacks I would be considering the same Huntley if, if Lamar Jackson's out. Um, he's beyond that, just, he's probably in on the waiver wire. wire. Maybe Kirk Cousins. No. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm with I don't know now. what the matchup is this week, did honestly. You that, did you see that interception he threw? Like, uh, did you see the other angle? Uh, let's let's slow down. No, I, I choose to see the angles that reinforce my preconceived notions. So I'm right, good. same Scott. Look, we can dump on Kyler Murray all we want, but Kyler Murray's still Kyler Murray, and Kyler Murray's a very very good quarterback. Yeah, he's had some off weeks. He's coming back from injury. And I think that more than anything, this is a lesson for Cliff Kingsbury that this isn't college football. This is the Detroit Lions aren't a division three school that you put into your schedule to beef it up and they take it because they're getting yeah. a bunch of cash. Those kinds of matchups don't happen in the NFL. And I think that he really went into this like, oh, it's Detroit. It's basically a week off. Like, whatever, we can sleepwalk to a win. Whoa. But you have Dan Campbell in Detroit who's like, I'm going to bite your kneecaps. I don't want the first pick in the draft. I don't want the second or third pick. We're going to keep winning because that's what I do. I'm here to win. I don't know how to tank. Jared Goff is kind of like getting into a rhythm with this offense a little bit, which is strange. Without Hawkinson. Given, without Hawkinson, or, without or, DeAndre yeah. Swift, without Jamal yeah. Williams. Like, what a weird time. But he did. Like, he looked yeah, really good. No, yeah, he, you know, yeah. and to be fair, he looked decent against Denver, too. He's getting into a rhythm. I don't think we complete can completely say that Arizona just went in and sucked. I think Detroit's getting better as a team. I think Dan Campbell might actually be a good coach. I don't know. I know. I, I know. I want to. I want to pause and give a shout out to the Lions. Like they're they're they are not giving up on anything. I mean, you see teams no. all the time this this time of the season. You know, a lot of business decisions going on. But I mean, one of those pit, one of those Kyler Murray interceptions 
was just an amazing just dive in front of the receiver, yes. roll out like 100% for that coach. And so, I mean, I don't know if he's a good coach yet, but I don't think they are the they are not the uh, the pushover they were. And I mean, honestly, they had like their defense has at, never been that bad. Yeah, that's the thing. If you look at their if you look at the whole yeah. season, it's not like they're getting beat 30 to nothing every game. Right. They just haven't been haven't been winning. Oh hi. Joey. Yeah. Yeah, losing a lot of close games for sure. Guys. Yeah, so like I just want to say just real quick before okay. we dump on Kyler Murray, just give it a minute. All right. Don't be afraid to start him next week against Indy. Okay. Just say right. I I'll have to see where he shakes out. He might be on the start sitting Seth Calm this week. We'll see where he's he also at. Never, he also never lined up under the wrong offensive lineman. So there's that okay. part too. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, guys, last player I want to talk about real quickly here in matchup management is Gabriel Davis. Nate, you've been on Gabriel Davis for a couple of years now. Um, he was a guy we talked about actually last week that he mm-hmm. should maybe be considered for your lineups. No Manuel Sanders, 25 plus fantasy points for him um, here in week 15. Now he goes into week 16. No Cole Beasley. We already talked about that situation. Beasley finds himself on the IR list. Um, with COVID. So are you guys interested in starting Gabriel Davis, New England, Buffalo, once again, it's going to get rowdy boys. I, I am. Um, and more importantly than no Cole Beasley is no Emmanuel Sanders. Cause that that's who came in and basically made Gabriel Davis into a ghost. And I made them, I made the mistake on some of my teams of giving up prematurely on Gabriel Davis. And he had some hype last year. I've come into this a lot last week too. Still, I, I still need. Last, I, and I mean, I have I have one particular matchup where I was deciding between Davis and somebody. Had I chosen chose Davis, I win. I didn't. I lost. You know, one of yeah. those classic situations. But I just think I think he he has that role now. He has that role, and I mean the the uh, the Bills they fling it around. So I mean, with with no Sanders, no Beasley, I'm I'm confident starting Gabriel Davis. I think I mean he's showing he's a, he's a he's a touchdown machine. Yep, I'm all for it. Fire him up. All right, all right. Does the matchup with New England scare you at all? Nope. Not I a little bit. That. I mean, they're 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 a bad. They're they're not a great matchup. But this is one of those divisional games, and Buffalo they want they're gonna want this win so bad. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm rolling the dice with them. All right, guys. Well, that was matchup management. Let's go ahead and get into our sure things. Sleepers of the week presented by Stevens quality barbering services in between family. If you have not stopped by Stevens quality barbering services in carbon soul PA, what are you doing? The holidays, they're almost over. Now's the time. Start the new year feeling fresh. Get that haircut in. Visit stevens-quality.genbook.com. Book an appointment today. You're going to have a quality haircut, have a quality experience, a quality conversation at a quality price to you. All right, let's go ahead and jump into some sure things, sleepers of the week. It's the sure thing. Sleepers of the week. All right, sure thing, sleepers of the week. Last week we had some pretty decent ones, I will say. I think, other than I was, I was not buying into Jen's Royce Freeman call. I did not buy into that one, Nate. But I don't remember who you and I had. I, I, I know I, I think Dante Foreman again. Um, I'm on but, Raw. Okay, yeah, God. yeah. There we go, baby. So Nate, you and I are on some hot streaks here, man. Kick it off. Who's your sure thing? Week sixteen, the Almighty Week sixteen. I'm so happy to get to talk about this guy after being in his fan club in a group chat on Twitter, which we added him to and he never commented on, which still makes me sad. Uh, Gardner Minshew, if you're out there, we have one of those for you too. Um, Cole Komet. I have, okay, so I'm a Justin Fields stan. There's no way around it. I love Justin Fields. I hate Matt Nagy for what he's done to that offense, but we're seeing Cole Komet get consistent targets. Allen Robinson was out this week. Cole Komet, I think he had nine targets, six catches. That's not a bad stat line. That's six PPR points on top of the yards. He had some red zone targets where 
they were either bad throws or he just flat out dropped them. I really like the matchups he's got coming up. We've got Seattle next week. They're one of the worst teams in the league against tight ends. They're giving up 13.1 fantasy points per game to tight ends. Uh, and they've done it. It's pretty consistent. Like it's not like up, down, up, down. They're, they're doing it pretty much across the board. I think he's a good play. I think that Justin Fields is starting to get some good rapport with him. And I think that uh, in a week where good Lord, everyone's hurt. He's Travis a nice, Kelsey. he's Travis, Kelsey Travis might, might also be on COVID. Yep. He went on the COVID list. Yeah. Um, Cole, that's not a bad flex option. Hopefully you don't have to fire him up in your tight end slot. If you do, <laughs> you do. Cause yeah. you know, yeah. but he's a nice flex play this week with a pretty solid floor. I think he's going to see, he's going to see enough volume. And if he gets a touchdown, like to the moon, forget about it. Great play. I like it, Nate. I think that's the, the biggest issue with him is that it, it, you're really looking at a floor play there. It's just the touchdowns. How many has he had? I, I, I don't know off the top of my head what, what the number of touchdowns he's had this season, but I know it's a very like a normal Scott. I know you had a calm earlier this week talking about touchdown rates and Mark Andrews compared to Travis Kelsey and compared to Robert Tanyan last week or last year, but I, I know Cole Komet says, yeah, it, it's zero. That's what he has zero say. touchdowns. Yeah. So it's like an, it's like a crazy low rate right now. So maybe it swings his way, but I don't know. That's my, that's my underlining issue is like the upside. Just, I don't know if it's there, but well, maybe, uh, the, maybe no, it, he needs a touchdown, which we haven't seen this year, but on volume, he's a solid enough play to fill in to where, I mean, if you think you might get three points out of a guy, cause you have to play Boston Scott, go get Cole commit fire him up over Boston Scott. Yeah. Commit's their wide receiver too. Yep. Not Jimmy grandpa. Scott, sticking with tight ends here, who's your short thing sleeper of the week? So mine's mine's a little bit deeper, I would say, but it's it's same same game in week sixteen. Gerald Everett, Seattle Seahawks, yeah. um, and I think Everett, and deservedly so, lost a lot of uh, people lost a lot of confidence in him a few games ago when he had one of the worst games you could possibly yeah. have. Where instead of just falling into the end zone touchdown catch, he just basically threw it to the defender and it was an interception. Um, but he had a touchdown last week. He had only four targets tonight, but he still had four targets, four catches, 60 yards. And since they're by, I mean, he's had some spike weeks of eight, nine targets. So I, they play the Bears. They are, you know, bottom 10 against tight ends over their last five games, fantasy points allowed. Um, and they're, the Bears are pretty decent against the run. I think the Seahawks, I mean, they lost tonight, so things are pretty much over. They were pretty much over weeks ago, but now <laughs> mathematically they're pretty much over. Um, but I think, you know, obviously they're not going to quit, and I think the way to beat the Bears for the Seahawks is going to be the pass. Even with Lockett back, even with Metcalf back, I just think Everett's been involved. Um, but, he's, I mean, he's similar to Komet in that, you know, this is by no means – a stud tight end you're rolling out there. This is, this is a sleeper. This is, you know, potentially even more of a streamer because then they get, um, they get another good matchup in week 16. Um, who is it? It is the Detroit Lions. Another great matchup for tight ends. So he's one of those guys that, you know, if you need to, if you need to help a tight end, if you need to help flex, it's tight end premium, that sort of thing. Um, he, I think he looks pretty decent the next two weeks. Yeah, he, he's kind of the wide receiver three in the Seattle offense, if you would, you know. And I almost, I think I would almost rather tr- maybe the Bears. Bears defense looked pretty good this week. I don't know. Everyone's defense looked good this week, but um, <laughs> I I would probably go Gerald Everett over Cole Komet by a little bit, but it's close. I just played Cole Komet last week, so I shouldn't talk shit at all. <laughs> Scott, would you go Gerald Everett over Cole Komet? I probably would go Cole Komet. Okay. I just think he's gotten more consistent volume. And I mean, people are still dogging on fields, but I think a switch is about to turn for that dude. All right. So I think he's just, I think Pokemon's safer. I think, I mean, I think Gerald Everett's much more likely to score a touchdown. Uh, That's fair. I mean, there is the, there's the positive touchdown regression. Komet, he hasn't scored one yet, but the way that, that, the way that concept works is it's typically not like, well, that means it's this week. It just right. means they right. should get one soon based on the law of averages. <laughs> um, so, but 
and the other reason I go lean commit too, it's a, it's a, I mean, the Bears have been a good matchup for tight ends. The Seahawks have been a much better matchup for tight ends. Right. All right. Well, I'm going to round it out my short thing, sleeper of the week, heading into week 16. And it's Craig Reynolds, Detroit Lions. We talked a lot about the Lions. You know, they've been on a little bit of a hot streak lately. And some of that has to do with Craig Reynolds, guys. He's come in. He's been averaging 5.27 yards per carry. Um, saw 65% of the snaps here in week 15. He's been an RB2 in back-to-back weeks now. Um, obviously, Jamal Williams coming back, that's going to shake things up. Um, but I'm not going to put too much stock in Jamal Williams this week, taking like a you know a three down workload i think he'll kind of keep what what his usage was earlier in the year about 35 percent of the snaps or so maybe a lot a little more receiving work with craig reynolds um but you know miles gaskin last week he, he came in and and he he wasn't great off the covid list and, and didn't get a lot of usage so i think it's going to open up the door for craig reynolds um he's going up against atlanta atlanta has been pretty piss poor honestly um against the rb position as of late Lenny, Lenny, Chuba Hubbard, Jeff Wilson Jr., James Robinson, they've all had double-digit fantasy points against this team. Average good yards per carry as well. So I think if you need a running back play, like an RB2 with who, who's probably going to get you anywhere from maybe 7, seven to 13, if he gets in the end zone, maybe 17 points, it's Craig Reynolds. Like I don't think the ceiling's crazy high, but at this point I think he's a solid RB2 option, low-end. I like that yeah. call. I had never heard of him before two weeks ago, but I like that call. <laughs> yeah. um, and the reason I like that call is because, you know, he, he kind of out of nowhere, he had the hot hand last week. Uh, I mean, it was only like 10 or 11 carries, but you know, like a good, a good yards per carry, you know, a good, a good, a good total amount of yards. And then this week I was still just like, Oh, I don't really know who this guy is, this, this, and that. And then he, he got it again. So with the way that team's playing, they're playing for their coach, you know. Um, I don't see why Campbell wouldn't just feed him the rock again this next game, even 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 with Jamal Williams. I mean, Jamal Williams, it just feels like for years we've been like, okay, well, when the situation's right, he'll take over and be the stud, and it just never happens. At some point, it's just not gonna. Jamal Williams and Marshawn Lynch are probably the two most entertaining. NFL or former NFL oh, yeah. on the planet. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I mean, he's another one of those guys. Uh, it's a running back that's going to get some volume. I I think this is going to get more volume the rest of the season um, until Swift comes back. And there's quite a question whether he even comes back. So, I don't think he's going to. Yeah, he's I, not coming back. There's I, no reason to. I, yeah, I just don't know. Um, guys, that is Sure Thing Sleepers of the Week. Presented by Stevens Quality Barnroom Services. Let's go ahead, bring a little feel good back to the show, round it out with some weekly advice. Weekly, weekly. advice. All right, weekly advice, guys, our way. Wrapping a little feel-good lifestyle advice into the end of each podcast episode. It's a stressful time right now, guys. Let's be honest. Week 15, I have some matchups I'm looking to check after this that I don't know if I won or lost. So um, (laughs) stressful situation in fantasy football, stressful situation in life with the holidays, um, you know, high expectations all around, whether you're a parent or just, you know, a family member of someone with gifts and making an appearance at dinner. Etc. Etc. COVID round four is this round four COVID? I don't know. Whatever round it is, that's obviously um, a concern as well. So I want to ask you guys, how do we get through this time? How do we calm our nerves as we head into Christmas week, followed by New Year's week? Um, w- what can you leave our audience with, Scott? I want to start with you, man. Um. Well, I would say, and I mean, I'm, I can only really base this on personal experience, but you know, if if family and interacting with family is part of your story, the holidays, I know it's not everybody's, but if it is, just embrace it a little more this year. Um, two years ago, at least for us, you know, Christmas was quarantined. 
uh, last year we got to we got to do our family Christmas again. Um, but people are tired. A lot of people are tired. Like not just sleepy, just tired of this of the way things are. So you know, if if you're lucky enough to get along with your family, let's say, just embrace that and let them know. I've seen a few people post this week on Twitter that, you know, they've had loved ones, parents pass away. Um, not from COVID necessarily, just it's a stressful time, but get, try and just get a little bit out, outside of yourself. Um, and whether it's family, whether it's friends, tell, tell somebody how you feel. Tell, tell somebody that you care about them. Um, and for me, I mean, honestly, like, I try and do that a lot. And some of it's selfish. It's always some of it's a little selfish. It makes me feel good. But there's no better way for me to get out of my own spinning nonsense in my head than to try like, genuinely check in on somebody, check in on one of my yeah. people. Not just, hey, how's it going? All right, I'll later. Like, genuinely check in. It, it, it's, a, it's a win-win. It's going to help that person more than you know. And for me, it always helps me get out of my own crap. So, Thank you, Scott. I love that, bro. My Same. turn? Oh, yeah. Buddy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was waiting to be called on. I'm a good student. No, bro. This is, Don't this speak that, out of turn. This ain't this time, man. You wrote a column earlier on this today, Nate. I know you have some did. pretty strong feelings about the Christmas season, bro. So lay them on me and Scott. Lay them on our in-between fam out there. So, yeah, what I wrote about today was just kind of embrace the stress. <clears throat> it's hard, man. There's so much going on. So many, like, there's so many expectations around the holiday season, especially if you're someone who celebrates with family. There's no getting away from it. There's shopping, there's cooking, there's getting your house ready, there's entertaining and being ready for people. Sometimes that means people coming into town. Like for Jen and I, we have people staying with us starting on Thursday. It's very hard. It's very stressful. From Thanksgiving to sometime late in the night on December 24th, it's you're basically getting ready for the best day of the year where you get to see all the people you care about and love and just spend a, a fun, awesome day with delicious food, like throw your diet out the window. <laughs> and remember, that's why we do all of this. That's why we tolerate the insanity. This is the best way to put it. And that applies to fantasy football too. Like this has been a crazy year. Yeah. yeah. But we, at at the core of who all of the fantasy football people are for the most part, we grew up with an intense love for the game of football. And this was a way for us to be more involved with the game. That's why I started playing yeah. because I was looking for these ways to be more involved without actually playing organized football. Don't forget. That's why we do this. It can be super frustrating at times, but you love it. At the end of the day, you might have weeks. I had one this week where it's like, why do I even do this? This is stupid. Uh, yeah. I'm just subjecting myself to a bunch of stress that I don't need. But at the end of the day, I love it. And it's so much fun. And it's the same thing with Christmas. Like, it's hard, man. It's a marathon yeah. to get to that day. But once you get to that day, all the work was worth it. And just don't forget that. Thank can you. I, can I add one more little thing? Yeah. Um, kind of echoing what Nate finished with, yeah, when it comes to, fan, and again, this is all personal, personal experience. When it comes to your fantasy football teams, when it comes to your real-life football teams, just try as hard <laughs> as you can to not let an unfortunate outcome, a loss, whatever it might be, to just, like, ruin everything. For years, yeah. the Seahawks lost. My entire week ruined. I'm, I, I got sick of that. Like, Here's my shirt. They're out of the playoffs as of tonight, I think. I'm okay with it. I'm not saying, like, do that, you have to do I'm just saying it is possible, especially in fantasy football, especially this crazy oh, athlete. Yeah, it's tough. To just, like, just accept the loss as kind of fluky and move on. And try and learn for, try and learn for the season if you can. If you need a break, you're out of the playoffs and you need a break, by all means. But maybe look back and try and learn some stuff, you know? Look at some stuff objectively. So anyway, just try to not let the losses and the, and the bad outcomes 
ruin an entire week like it did for me for a long time. Thank you, Scott. Yeah, I'm, I I know after I after I we get off this podcast, I'm gonna check some scores. Probably have to learn that again. So uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. Um, guys, thank you for for both of your advice, not just tonight, but always here on the podcast. Um, I just want to kind of uh, reiterate a little bit of what you guys said, add my own twist to it a little bit, and I just like switch it up, get get outside your head. And like Scott, I know you kind of said that earlier, but that that's like. I felt lately like I've just been so inside my own head, like, oh, do I have all the Christmas shopping done? Like I, you know, do other kind of going through other transitions in my life is X, Y, and Z done, you know, late at just really staying up late at night, you know, kind of just thinking things through. And um, I, I think sometimes that's good. It's, it's good to think critically. It's good to, you know, have things on your mind, but at the end of the day, it's also good to get outside your own head, um, go for a run, go for a walk meditate, cook, cook something special, read something, um, you know, go wherever is your happy place, man. And I, I think, you know, switching it up a little bit, finding whatever that is that will make you, you get outside yourself. I think it's great. I went for a run the, today for the first time in like a year and I mm, yeah. Look at you like, fancy man. I went, for, I went for a run today too. Let's go. No, <laughs> no, but yeah, I mean, it's just at the end of the day, like I feel like sometimes you got to kind of get out your own head. It's a stressful time. Embrace the stress, like Nate said. Like try try to enjoy it. Try to enjoy this time with your family. It's only a couple of days left of a a couple of weeks left of fancy football. Um, but yeah, try to enjoy it, guys. Um, we're gonna be here back next week, week seventeen, fantasy football championships. We're gonna talk about it. Everything you need to know. In the meantime, if you need any need anything, you can find me on Twitter at between underscore Seth FF. Nate at Janake, Janate Jack FF, Scott at Munder Difflin FF, and the show, the site, everything we're doing here at In Between Media at IBT underscore media. Guys, good luck this week and keep it in between until then. The In Between Fantasy Football Podcast. The one thing that you know really sets us apart here is, is we're not afraid to talk about other things that maybe aren't super fantasy related. Do what you can to become a better person, to become a better human.